Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is December 9th. It is a Friday, which is banging. We made it to the end of the week, y'all. Good job. Welcome to episode number 258 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing my expert analysis on each of these stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So like, what can we do with this information? How can we operationalize it? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, I'm telling you, interviews, they're going to ask you, how do you stay current? This is a great answer. You're also going to um, like hear terminology, learn you know, stories, great networking. It's like, it's a win, 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 win. It's, I can't oversell how much of a win this thing is. Uh, so stick around. It's going to be a great show. But before we get into it, I would love to give some love. To the stream sponsors, our good friends, Barricade Cyber and Recon Infosec. There's Eric Taylor and the whole gang over there. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive damage and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Link in the description below. Site looks just like this. Here's Eric Taylor's calendar. You just pop it up, schedule a time with them, get on a call, have a conversation. Like brass tacks, what does this mean? Guys, I, I like to equate it to like a fire department for your business, okay? You might not need Eric Taylor and the gang over at Barricade Cyber today, but when you do need them, you don't want to be gaffing around trying to figure out what to do. You're going to have adrenaline dumping. You're going to be uh, anxious. If there's a threat actor up in your environment, dumping malware. Um, so have the call, get get friendly with Eric Taylor. And then, you know, if and when you need uh, his services, he'll be right there. Also want to give some love to the good people over at Recon InfoSec. The same people who run the Thursday Defensive, which yesterday was just amazing. Andrew Cook uh, over there did some really interesting open AI chatbot, uh, chat GPT stuff around detection rules the chatbot writes detection rules people very interesting now <clears throat> as far as recon infosec goes if your organization's large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns but not quite large enough to have a full-fledged secops capability from the ground up check out the mdr managed detection and response offering from recon infosec their offering recon's offering includes the full stack guys people process technology and they can deliver full spectrum secops to organizations of any size Guys, a lot of commodity MDR service providers, like, you know, I'm not throwing stones, but some of the bigger ones, they're, they're security businesses run by business people. So it's all about like maximizing 
you know, ROI on the business. So like, you know, a lot of these ones, unfortunately, all MDRs are not created equal. Sometimes you get alerts, uh, like the MDR gets the alerts and they just throw them over the fence, right? It's basically just routing your SIM alerts to a third party who then sends them back to you. There's not a lot of value in it. With Recon InfoSec, they actually have analysts who know what they're looking at and can take action on those and brief you as needed. So it's a really cool MDR offering. I wish I had known about it when I was shopping MDRs uh, two years ago because uh, I ended up going with a different option and uh, was not thrilled. Now, I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications like SISP, CISA, SISM, and uh, you need CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So... One, a half uh, a day, two and a half a week, 10 a month. They stack up. Just say what's up in chat like Cyber Munchkin's doing right now, like Joel Belton's doing right now, like Kimberly Can Fix It's doing right now. Hey, Alfredo. Just say what's up, guys. It burns it into the stream. That's a reason why the chat is in the stream permanently. It's so you have a forensically sound, auditable evidence trail that you are here consuming, doing the things that you need to do in order to earn those CPEs. It's definitely an enjoyable experience. Say what's up in chat. If you're live, love it. I see... How many of you? 86 of you here. Thursday must have been a rough night for folks last night, huh? Woo! Guys getting after it. College weekend started, I guess. So, uh, if you're live, love it. Thanks for being here. Grab your coffee, settle in. Tom Bishop in the car. I see you, Tom. If you're on replay, hashtag Team Replay. Thanks for catching the stream. I do try to make it as accessible and as enjoyable for the Team Replay folks as the um, live people. And I want to say thank you all for being here. Now, if, you want to, if you're on replay and you want to jump right to the news, when the screen changes, go for it or just scrub a minute or two ahead. But for the next, I don't know, say 90 seconds as I am prone to do, I would like to say good morning to the folks in chat before we settle in. <clears throat> good morning, Carl Ron. Hey, Bill Green. Good to see you. Ben Sweetnam. What's up? Good to see you. Restream bot. Good morning to all. Hey, Cyber Munchkin. Good luck tomorrow. Super tired and studying. I know. Just keep pushing. You got this. Good luck to Dan Reardon, Haircut Fish. Not just good at memes, but good at interviewing. Crush that final, my man. What's up? I love it. Haircut Fish got email last night. Yes, exactly. Tom Hathcote's in the house. Not only IT's in the house. Need a coffee refill already. Get it? That's unfortunate. Hey, guys, uh, you know how I always complain about the abruptness of switching from simple minds back to the news? Uh, BSEC offered a solution. I'm going to try it out today. You'll have to help me, though, because I don't know if uh, what the audio is going to be like. We might have our, our first audio issue in a while for Simply Cyber, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> hey, Junior, thank you so much. Yep, I love the Papa Red in the morning. All right, guys, Leonardo's in the house. I think we can get started. That's unfortunate. It's hurrying back with the coffee. Hey, Alana, what's up? Joel Belton, squad members. Thank you so much for the squad support. As much as the stream sponsors, I appreciate them. I appreciate the squad support. Hope you guys are enjoying those emotes. Woo! All right, y'all. I think it's that time. There's eight stories I've been told, so we better get started, okay? Sit back, relax, and let's, let's consume some news, y'all. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. <laughs> it's Friday, December 9th. 2022. Yeah, it's black, Michael. North Korea-linked APT-37 exploits Internet Explorer zero-day flaw. APT-37 Group, also known as Scarcroft, 
Reaper and Group 123 has actively exploited an Internet Explorer zero-day vulnerability tracked as CVE-2022-41128 in attacks aimed at South Korean users. Google Threat Analysis Group researchers discovered the zero-day vulnerability in late October 2022 and it was exploited by APT37 using specially crafted documents that attempted to capitalize on the recent Itaewon Halloween crowd tragedy to trick users into opening the weaponized document and infecting their systems. All right. Okay, so much to unpack here, guys. First of all, I mean... It wouldn't be a show with me running it if I didn't immediately complain. Can we please have standard naming conventions for threat actors? I know every business wants their own, but ugh. okay. Second of all, um, Internet Explorer. So South Korea is still using Internet Explorer. Guys, Internet Explorer end of life. Like, when did this thing go end of life? June 15th, 2022. Okay, so it's gone end of life, but as I was flipping out yesterday about uh tech debt which i had some comments come in about uh that i was spreading fear uncertainty and doubt about tech debt but i've lived it trust me it's a real thing and it's terrible um this isn't another example of where tech debt's a problem so internet explorer is uh end of life now this is a word document so i don't know if this is executing in the browser or it's just a way for them to exploit um I, I'm confused why there's a Word document and then it's an Internet Explorer um, attack. It's kind of weird. Maybe I missed it. Um, right? Because they're actively exploiting Internet Explorer. So here's the thing. Zero-day vulnerability for Internet Explorer. This isn't going to get patched. Microsoft is not patching Internet Explorer anymore. It's end of life. So if you're running this in your environment, this is a perfect example, whether it's Internet Explorer or it's you know, Java applets or like whatever it is, if it's no longer supported by the vendor, you are inherently taking on additional risk, whether you like it or not, because it's exposed. Okay. So this one uh, is a problem. South Korea. Now, another thing, uh, Google Threat Analysis Group, I want to point out, they do a great, great job. They're called the TAG Group, T-A-G, Google TAG. Um, they output lots of great reports. So if you're looking for like another industry source for getting up-to-date information on zero days. Um, they have Google Project Zero, which is something totally different, but the tag group is excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I can't uh, encourage you check that out enough. Um, and then the third thing is, th th this is a common attack. I've said this before. This isn't actually um, operationalized. I didn't know about the uh, Itaewon Halloween crowd crush I issue. It sounds like somebody drove into a crowd of people, which is horrible. But whether it's Itaewon Halloween crowd crush, whether it's San Bernardino shooter, whether it's FIFA World Cup, guys, threat actors are going to capitalize on what is hot in the news. Open AI chatbot. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's fishes running around about that right now, right? If it is current, it's the same thing as like the YouTube algorithm, right? Like, how do you go viral? Well, you choose something that's current and people are talking about. Threat actors are not stupid. They do that as well. So <clears throat> this is what's going on here. Um, and then it, it looks like, you know, this is a Word document that it's interesting because the Word document is exploiting a Internet Explorer JavaScript engine um, vulnerability. I'm a little... I'd have to read into this because it's kind of weird. Like, I don't understand how Microsoft Word application is is reaching into Internet Explorer unless this is executing in the browser, like Office 365. 
Um, anyways, long story short, what you need to know is <clears throat> what you need to know for this one is a Google tag group is interesting if you want to learn more, right? So if you're new to the industry and you want to get different inputs, that's a good one to know. Second, if you're running Internet Explorer in your environment, it's being actively exploited by sophisticated threat actors. So be mindful of that. <clears throat> Educate Carl. If you can, push out no Internet Explorer to your environment. You know, Internet Explorer is terrible anyways, like from a user experience for me. So hopefully that's not the case. But anyways, active exploitation of a zero day that's not going to be patched. Firewalls of several major vendors bypassed with generic attack method. Researchers at IoT cybersecurity firm Clarity have identified a generic method for bypassing the web application firewalls of several major vendors. They discovered the method following an analysis of Cambium Network's wireless device management platform in which they discovered an SQL injection vulnerability that could be used to obtain sensitive information such as session cookies, tokens, SSH keys and password hashes. Analysis revealed that the web application firewalls could be bypassed by abusing the JSON data sharing format which is supplied by all major SQL engines and is enabled by default. Firewalls affected by this bypass include products from AWS, Palo Alto Networks, Cloudflare, F5, and Imperva. New. All right, so couple couple things here, okay, guys? Couple things here. One, web application firewall. Uh, there's a bypass technique using a classic SQL injection attack. Okay, so that's something to be mindful of. If you are running a WAF, this is this is the take for action, guys. If you are running a WAF. <clears throat> in your environment for your business, whatever, you should absolutely check with the WAF vendor on this particular attack, right? Like, is there a, have you put in, it looks like you they can patch it in order to parse the JSON uh, format because th that's basically what happened, right? It's passing a SQL injection payload through in a JSON syntax and the, the engine looking at input validation to stop a SQL injection attack uh, is not programmed to look at the JSON format to see what's up, okay? So they also put in here that they've added it to SQL map, which is a very popular exploitation tool um, in, in, in the industry. So I don't know if this is in SQL map like broad or they implemented it in their instance of SQL map. But if it's if it's in SQL map now, where like you, me and um, Shane Simmons can download it and run it, that's bad because that means that the likelihood of exploitation explodes because script kitties can pull it down and start pointing it at uh, WAFs that they see on the internet and pull data out. Okay. So uh, long story, <clears throat> long story short, if you're running a WAF, make sure that it's uh, addressed by this. Second of all, it uh, it makes me think of OpenAI chatbot. Yesterday on Thursday Defensive on Recon InfoSec, Andrew Cook demonstrated that the chatbot has the ability to very quickly and easily and with high fidelity take in some type of um, detection rule like in Sigma and then port it over to Lima Charlie's EDR detection rule language. <clears throat> which would normally take a, an analyst like an hour or two, right? And probably have some mistakes. So what I'm thinking is <clears throat> this this attack right here is a perfect example. You could take a SQL injection, SQL query, right? And then just put it in an open AI chatbot and say, convert this to JSON, like in a JSON format. And open AI would do it like instantly, 
Okay, so that's one of the kind of weaponized use cases of OpenAI chatbot, just, just to share it because this thing is wicked hot. Uh, again, it, what is the impact of this SQL injection attack through a JSON format? They can grab sensitive information like session cookies, tokens, keys, hashes, right? So be mindful. Again, TLDR, if you're running a WAF, make sure you're not susceptible to this or you have a plan in place. Or you can look at the logs and see if someone's trying to run this JSON encoded or JSON formatted SQL injection attack. Zombinder platform binds Android malware with legitimate apps. A darknet platform dubbed Zombinder, Z-O-M-B-I-N-D-E-R, allows threat actors to bind malware to legitimate Android apps, causing victims to infect themselves while still having the full functionality of the original app to evade suspicion. This new platform was discovered by the cybersecurity firm Threat Fabric, which spotted malicious Windows and Android campaigns distributing multiple malware families. The campaign impersonates Wi-Fi authorization portals, supposedly helping users to access internet points as a lure to push various malware families. The site then prompts a user to download either a Windows or Adware version of the application, which in reality is malware. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I, 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 sorry, everybody. I was kind of looking at mod chat. Um, I missed part of this, but based on what I'm seeing, um, this is basically like a, you know, do-it-yourself Trojan kit uh, for threat actors where they can take a piece of malware, bind it, or kind of couple it with an existing app, and then the app works, but then the malware is running in it too. I've seen um, kind of crude, you know, virus chef cookbook apps um, in the past where like you like literally click what you want it to do, key logging, screen caps, et cetera, what executable you want to bind it to. And then it just creates the app anew, say calc.exe or calculator on Windows. And now it's calc, but when you run that calc, it'll actually run these other kind of uh, functionality. Uh, so you it sucks because you can't really tell. It's not a it's not a binary running independent of itself. It's the actual legit um, application. And the, re the way that you would catch this is if you're EDR technology or your, your, um, your network monitoring technology sees this behavior of, you know, C2 beaconing, like command and control beaconing, reaching out to some uh, malicious controlled infrastructure or uh, taking screen caps on your phone. But the thing is, guys, I... I, I'm curious, Chad, if you know, like the Android operating system, I'm not sure, like, is there Microsoft Defender for Android? Like, do the major EDR platforms provide Android support? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've never really had to d deploy that in my environment. Um, it's doing stealing. See, the thing is they get pushed to these landing pages. This, I guess all I'll say is, again, I missed part of the story. This is a more advanced infrastructure for threat actors um, to basically infect in mass victims without them knowing and um, look legit, you know? So it, it, it kind of sucks. <sighs> All right. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. I, I did not, not deep, deep analysis on that one just because uh, distractions. Okay. The dark web markets sell corporate email accounts for $2. Cybercrime marketplaces are increasingly selling stolen corporate email addresses for as low as $2 to fill a growing demand by hackers who use them for business email compromise and phishing attacks or initial access to networks.
Analysts at Israeli cyber intelligence firm Kela, K-E-L-A, have been closely following this trend. The demand for corporate emails continues to grow, which had created the need for automated webmail shops such as Xlete and Lufix, claiming to offer access to over 100,000 breached corporate email accounts obtained through brute-forcing credential stuffing and phishing, with prices ranging between $2 and $30, if not more, for highly desirable organizations. Hey, you know what? Again, hat tip to the threat actors. Right now in 2022, really 2020 and beyond, like passive income is all the rage. Like every YouTube video is like, here's how to make eight sources of passive income. I don't do anything and I make $85,000 a month. Like I, I'm, I'm like uh, yoga in the morning and beach in the afternoon and, and I make $400,000 a year, right? Like that's what, like that's what's all the rage right now, passive income. Threat actors basically have created automated e-commerce stores um, selling creds for two bucks, uh, up to two bucks to 30 bucks. But I mean, again, if you have hundreds of thousands of, uh, credentials and you're selling them for two bucks a rip, you know, that's a couple hundred thousand dollars per rip. Plus another interesting thing is I can sell the same account over and over and over again, right? Like, so Gail Salins buys, uh, Bill Gates at Microsoft's account. Kimberly can fix it, can buy it too. And Joel Belton can buy it. So now there's economy of scale. And it's it's passive income because the thing's automated. Now these automated systems, whether it's malicious or it's legit, are do near do need care and feeding, especially if you know technology gets updated and stuff like that. But just what's important to know is a little bit about the dark web marketplace. But more importantly, that there is it, it doesn't matter that it's automated. Just know that there is a huge rich uh, rich meaning like like depth and quality of like initial access brokers in the dark web. So like in the ecosystem of the dark web, right? This And this is partly why like Lapsus and, and um, Conti was so good, right? There's there's threat actors who have like ransomware, right? We deploy ransomware, we collect money, we, we do all these things, but they need to get initial access to, to assets. Well, there's people out there who just, you know, fish and get creds, fish and get creds, at, you know, sniff around, try to push through Internet Explorer, like in um, the South Korean story at the beginning, right? Get access, but they don't have an objective on the asset. They just want access because they turn around and sell it to people. It, it's like this symbiotic ecosystem of I've got access to all these things and whoever wants to do anything with them, go for it and I'll sell multiple ones, right? So there's an, uh, um, a rich market down there. And it's important to note, this is why, guys, we need multi-factor authentication, which is not a silver bullet, but it helps, right? So if you have a username password compromise, then that you still can't get access, right? This is why you need conditional access if your infrastructure can support that, right? Like Office 365 has a pretty good uh, conditional access system. Something as basic as geolocations, right? So if BSEC is in Texas, BSEC should not log in from anywhere else in the world besides Texas, right? Or besides the United States or besides the Western hemisphere, right? I mean, you can put a, you can put a draw a line around it however you want, but defense in depth guys, it's not just a, 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 a cliche buzzword. It's legit MFA education. Don't reuse passwords, password vaults, tell Carl not to click on stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's go for the read.
And now a word from our sponsor, PlexTrack. The best pen testing teams trust PlexTrack. PlexTrack can improve efficiency and effectiveness at every phase of your proactive assessments. By centralizing the data from all your automation tools, cataloging important reusable content for easy access, and promoting communication and visibility at every phase of an assessment, PlexTrack cuts reporting time in half and adds value between reports. Check out PlexTrack.com slash CISO series to learn why PlexTrack is the premier pen test reporting and collaboration platform. That's P-L-E-X-T-R-A-C dot com slash CISO series. All right, let's try out the new Simple Minds, guys. Here we go. All right. Let me know. I'm supposed to be able to talk over this, so hopefully you guys can hear me. want to say thank you uh, in the mid-roll as we do. Thank you to everybody uh, who is in chat, who show up every day, who help mod the stream. Perfect. Want to give a thank you and shout out to the stream sponsors again because they are awesome. They're awesome people. Yes, they're awesome businesses, but the people behind them are awesome, okay? Eric Taylor, Casually Joseph, Hunter, Barricade Cyber, great company. Recon InfoSec, Whitney Champion, a.k.a. Shortstack, Eric Capuano, Andrew Cook, really good people, practitioners. They're part of our InfoSec community, so thank you for supporting the stream. Guys, it's, it's Friday, which means you've got 24 hours left to sign up for the newsletter. And by newsletter, I send you three pieces of actionable intel at 6 a.m. on Monday morning on what you can do to improve your cybersecurity posture at your business through educating your end users, your peers, which is IT, and the executives, okay? It's easy to unsubscribe, so why don't you sign up and give it a shot? See if it works. A lot of people like it. A lot of people like it. I'm proud of it, which is why I mention it every single day. But, uh, yeah, I like it. And uh, I'll tease this at the end, but just stay tuned to the end because we have a live premiere going on right after the stream. Stay at home, parent to cyber. Part of the ongoing Roll to Cyber series I've been working on. I did a couple of sponsored videos, um, and it, it helps... It's helping fund this series. We've got religious leader to cyber, mechanic to cyber. I'm interviewing Brady McNulty later today for pharmacist to cyber. Guys, this is going to be a killer playlist when we're done. Anyone can get into cyber, all right? All right, so let's pivot. Now, Check. The, watch this transition, y'all. Woo, thank you so much for being here. Ready? Let's, let's do this transition. Cyber attack takes down the Met's website. Oh, that and was box buttery office. smooth. <laughs> the Metropolitan Opera has suffered a cyber attack that put its website and box office out of commission for more than 30 hours, the company's general manager, Peter Gelb, said on Wednesday. Its ticketing system typically handles around $200,000 in sales each day at this time of year, but was unable to sell any new tickets, including in its popular discounted last minute rush ticket program, impacting performances of AIDA and the hours. Although it was not immediately clear who was responsible for the cyber attack, the Met has been outspoken in its support of Ukraine during the Russian invasion, organizing a benefit concert earlier this year, and also parting ways with Anna Netrebko, the Russian soprano, after she failed to comply with the company's demand that she distance herself from Russian President Vladimir Putin. Wow, okay. So, all right, so the Met opera gets hit by a cyber attack. So, couple things here one nobody is um nobody is 
immune from cyber attack. Now, it didn't say what kind of attack it was, whether it was denial of service or ransomware. Uh, it says network issues. Couple interesting things here. One, they loosely connect it with Russia, Ukraine, possibly. Um, there is some indication of that. I would say like low confidence based on just this story because they held the Ukraine benefit concert, like tons of places are doing that. And then they basically fired, uh, some, somebody who, who, who worked or sang at the Met Opera who was Russian, uh, because they didn't want, uh, the Met Opera to determine who they could be friends with or who they could socialize with, uh, in this case, Vladimir Putin. Right. So, um, interesting, interesting decisions. You know, if, if it was a cyber attack based on that, I mean, that's, I don't want to say that's petty, but like, I mean, I don't know, like, yeah, you can do it. But like with, with your list of priorities and the amount of time and resources you have, are you really going to just like, I don't know, slap the Met Opera at, at, like, like a, like a petulant child. Like, I feel like you don't execute an attack like this out of, um, spite or out of, you know, uh, annoyance or whatever. Like, it's just, I mean, you could do it, but I think it's more criminal based, right? Just because people don't have like that kind of time, especially when you're actively engaged in a war in a separate theater in the world. Like it's, it, okay. So that's just my cynical Jerry thoughts on that one. Um, another thing that I find interesting is that the Met is unable to process paychecks. I find this interesting because a lot of businesses, um, I want to say like outsource the paycheck service, right? ADP is a very popular platform that does it. Kronos, um, is involved with some of this. Um, so the Met has been around for a million years. They probably had workflows and systems in place and it just, you know, it just carried forward over time. But yeah, this, this, you know, this is unfortunate, right? Cause now you're dealing with the money. So this is actually a pretty good example. If you're trying to find like a clear example for executives on how a cyber attack can disrupt business, this is a perfect example because they've gotten hit and now they can't sell tickets. So they're not making revenue because that's how they make money, right? They sell tickets. They can't sell tickets and they can't pay their staff. Now, I'm sure they're telling staff like, we'll get you your money as soon as possible. We're dealing with the cyber attack. But dude, when you start messing around with people's paychecks, I've got news for you. People don't go to work because they love the mission. They go to work because they get paid, right? Someone stops paying you. It's not going to take long for them to go somewhere else and find somewhere that is going to pay them. So this is a nice little case study on why you need to be prepared. Uh, and by the way, like here's a great example of the Met may have wanted to have contacted uh, Barricade Cyber Solutions. I'm sure that Met has some type of IR firm helping them, but um, like when you get hit like this and now you're not selling tickets or being able to pay your people, you're like, ah, ah, you know, like you, 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 you're not going to be reacting calmly. Right. So you, you would want someone to help you through that. Okay. Dot Mars with a super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Oh yeah. So, Hey guys, Dot Mars just received his first InfoSoc job yesterday. A huge part of it was the GRC analyst masterclass. Nice, Dot Mars. That's what we're here for, man. That's what we're here for. Congratulations. Go out now and crush it, my friend. New Zealand Privacy Commissioner investigates Mercury IT ransomware attack. 
The Office of the Privacy Commissioner in New Zealand released a public statement on Tuesday on the ransomware attack affecting technology services provider Mercury IT. Quote, this is an evolving situation. We were notified of the cybersecurity attack on 30th of November 2022, end quote, reads the statement, continuing that they are seeking to understand the number of organizations affected, the nature of the information involved and the extent to which any information has been copied out of the system. As they said, this is an evolving story. South Korean author. Hey, um, okay. So this is unfortunate. Okay, so this is unfortunate, but there is a bigger uh, conversation here. Um, Ken Pryor, all you missed is that Dot Mars uh, got his first InfoSec job yesterday and he's straight crushing it. Love it. Hey, guys, so here's a bigger story. An internal stranger or any of my Aussie friends, I'm kind of curious. Is Australia and New Zealand, like I know they're close to each other and you guys kind of have similar accents, but like, are you guys coupled in any way? Like Australia is going gangbusters on like legislation around finding people who have privacy breaches. They're talking about hacking back. They've had three major, major cyber breaches, uh, like businesses in Australia, three major cyber breaches in the last couple months. Um, is New Zealand like, is New Zealand right there with you guys? I'm kind of curious where, is it just like, United States and Canada, where like they just happen to be close to you. So here's an interesting story with this one. Yeah, okay. Privacy commissioners investigating Mercury IT ransomware attack. Here's what I actually uh, want to point out. I don't know if Mercury IT is an MSP, but it's worth noting that a lot of a lot of businesses. See right here, it talks about Australia. Uh, a lot of businesses that are MSP. So, okay. A lot of businesses outsource their IT. Okay. Small businesses, mo a lot do that. Large businesses sometimes do that. It's very popular, right? M uh, managed service provider. We're in the business of scoop and ice cream, Joel Belton. We're not into the business of IT. So we just outsource our IT, right? We make widgets. We make, you know, flim flams or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Uh, flange valves, right? IT gets outsourced. now. This happened with Kaseya last year, really, really wildly. But like the MSPs typically have remote access and interfaces and, and, and administrative privileges to all of these systems, all of these businesses. So hitting an MSP is actually really, really great for a threat actor because now they can hit multiple uh, victim organizations. And again, go look at Kaseya uh, as an example. It was pretty, pretty gnarly. Like a thousand businesses got hit. So. New, New Zealand Privacy Commissioner is investigating this Mercury IT ransomware attack. I'm not 100% sure if they are an MSP, but if they're not, then, I mean, this is like a nothing story. W with all due respect to Mercury IT, but like, dude, it's like, it's a day that ends in Y. So like another business gets hit with ransomware. So to me, the educational value of this particular story is just be mindful um, for MSPs because uh, they can get hit and be weaponized uh, for all of their clients. And if you're a business that uses an MSP, you should be in tight lockstep with the MSP on what their security posture is. How are they doing things? What does remote access into your environment look like? How are they doing it? You should be all up in their business on how they conduct business, uh, right? Because otherwise, it's like having a three-sided barn, right? Where like, or like a barn with three walls and the fourth wall just isn't there. And you don't know whether or not it's there. It's not there. If it's got a sliding barn door, like you're just, 
you're just like facing this direction and you could see the, the walls on either side and in front of you and behind you, the MSP handles it. And if you don't turn around and look at that wall and talk to the MSP about that wall, you could be completely exposed. You could not, you, you know what I mean? Like you need to know. I know if you're a small business, that's not what you do and you put a lot of faith in the MSP. But I'm telling you right now, man, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. There's no easy button. Authorities issue warning about disguised North Koreans getting IT jobs. The advisory issued yesterday warns companies about hiring North Korean IT workers who disguise their true nationality and use their wages to help fund the country's sanctioned nuclear weapons program. It was published by several ministries alongside South Korea's National Police Agency and its National Intelligence Service, requesting, quote, enhanced due diligence and more stringent identity verification process from domestic companies to avoid hiring or engaging in business contracts with North Korean IT workers who disguise their nationality and identities, end quote. This follows a similar alert in May issued by the FBI, Treasury Department and State Department to American companies looking to hire freelance workers. Yeah. Iranian hat. All right, so I'm calling a little shenanigans here. Okay, so here's the de the deal. Okay, they said that they said that the North Koreans are getting jobs uh, in order to help fund the North Korean regime. No, get out of here with that noise. Like, with all due respect to Steve Prentice or whoever just said that, I have my doubts about that, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so check it out. Yes. I love all the comments about the three-sided barn too. Okay, guys, listen. North Korea has massive economic sanctions on it, okay? Like, like they can't really... And they don't have, like, chief exports or imports or anything like that. So, like, they can't fund their regime well. This is why Lazarus Group... And if you don't know about Lazarus Group, take it as an action. L-A-Z-A-R-U-S, Lazarus Group. I think they're APT 37, 39, something like that. Anyways, Lazarus Group is what everybody calls it. They are responsible for breaking in and stealing lots of money, right? Uh, the Ronin Bridge uh, Axis Infinity attack for like $600 million earlier this year. The Bangladeshi bank heist, where they tried to steal $1 billion. A billion. Okay, they still got $82 million because of a typo and some other stuff. But my point is, the this group, that is North Korea's primary GDP import. It, it's, it's, it's financial crime, okay? <laughs> right? So, put that aside. This is why they do it, because they can't, they can't engage in commerce or economic behavior like other countries in the world because they're getting sanctioned all over the place. And North Korea, Kim Jong-un, loves himself some nuclear missile testing, like fires him into the ocean all the time, kind of like flexing on Japan and flexing on the U.S. Okay, so the story is that North Koreans are getting jobs pretending to be South Koreans. I guess they can, they have fake documents or they can blend in. Whatever it is, they're pretending so they're getting jobs. Now, yes, they probably give part of their wage to the North Korean regime as like a tax or something like that. But the real value, as far as I would believe, the real value is that these individuals are getting access to systems, to businesses, to products that North Korean Lazarus Group and others could weaponize, right? We just talked about initial access brokers. We talk about Carl, Carl! all the time. Well, if you can plant your own Carl's 
in the environment, then it doesn't matter how much you educate them on not doing dumb stuff or having the most complicated password or having 2FA. If, they, if the insider works for you, that is insider threat 101. It's premeditated insider threat. You can put them into places that you want to get into. Oh, you want to get a, you want to get into like, um, I don't know, Binance, right? FTX imploded. Let's get into Binance. Hey, you 10 people go get a job at Binance, right? Maybe some of you get, get caught. Some of you don't, but we're in there now. We got someone in there. Hey, you want to like, we want to take out Toyota. You 10 people go get jobs at Toyota. That's to me, that's the real value. It, it, it's nefarious, right? But it is calculated and it, it's, we, you see it in military uh, for decades, right? The, the double agent or the, the undercover agent, right? It's, it's just that, except it's on a, not a military level. It's on a, I guess, civil level or, or societal level. So um, anyways, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. So whatever. From an HR perspective, I don't know how many of folks this affects, but you should have very good or not good, but you should have clear uh, onboarding processes and procedures for your uh, workforce. You don't just hire someone, give them access to everything. Also, least privilege if you can pull that off. Strike diamond industry with data wiping malware in supply chain attack. An Iranian APT actor known as Agrius, A-G-R-I-U-S, has been identified as being behind a set of data wiper attacks aimed at diamond industries in South Africa, Israel, and Hong Kong. The wiper, referred to as Fantasy by ESET, is believed to have been delivered via a supply chain attack targeting an Israeli software suite developer as part of a campaign that began in February of this year. ESET researcher Adam Berger disclosed in a Wednesday analysis, quote, the fantasy wiper is built on the foundations of the previously reported Apostle wiper, but does not attempt to masquerade as ransomware as Apostle originally did. Instead, it goes right to work wiping data, end quote. Apostle was first documented by Sentinel-1 in May 2021 as a wiper turned ransomware that was deployed in destructive attacks against Israeli targets. Just a reminder that... All right, so... We got a couple minutes before the premiere happens. I'm not quite sure like what Iran's doing here. Um, yeah, d d diamond industry is like any other industry. It's an industry that uses tech and has logistics and moves stuff. It just happens to be uh, diamonds, right? Uh, it, I don't understand why Iran's doing this. Uh, just so everybody knows, or the people who are new here, like wiper malware, it basically gets on your machine and erases everything. Think about it as like if you wanted to reformat your hard drive, that's what the wiper does, except you don't get to decide when it happens and you don't get to decide if your stuff's backed up. It just wipes it, okay? It's very destructive and it's it's basically like a um, a software version of a middle finger. That's what it does, okay? Iran is hitting diamond places, South Africa, Israel, Hong Kong. I don't know why it doesn't line up. To me, it doesn't line up from an Iranian um, calculated objectives, right? Like what is the objective is Iran involved in like the diamond trade and they're trying to wipe out their competitors? No, not that I'm aware of. They did mention that it's a it's a, a, a evolution of one that Iran was using against Israel. Iran, Israel, that makes more sense. So if there's anyone in chat who works in the diamond industry, you're, uh, update your threat models because there's a wiper virus out there. Um, it looks like there's pretty clear IOCs, um, indicators of compromise that you could put into your uh, defense technologies. 
in order to detect uh, this and maybe catch it before it detonates. There we go. Again, it doesn't really say how it gets on your box, so be mindful of phishing emails, you know, watering hole attacks, like stuff like that, like like tricking end users into running something. I don't know how this gets in there. All right, let us move on over. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? It's 8:44. We got one minute here. I just want to tell everybody, thank you for being here. Whoa, Jesus, that was loud. Guys, if you want, I'm going to end the show in one minute. In one minute, the um. We're going to have a premiere on Simply Cyber's channel. I've got premieres all like, dude, tomorrow's another uh, Monday's another one. Monday's like breaking into cyber in 2023. Tuesday is um, here. Look at this right here. It's going live. Guys, I want to thank everyone for being here. Thanks for the news. I'm going to jump over right now and catch this live stream, this premiere. Please enjoy it with me in chat. We're going to do stay at home parent to cyber. Guys, you did it. It's Friday. You crushed it. Let's have a great weekend. I'll see you guys on Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Be good. We'll see you. What? Did we just become best friends?